Sorry, were you going to make a joke? King, your hair looks really good. Did you brush it just for the recording session? No, I didn't. But today was my first day back to work from vacation. So I was like, oh. I'm putting on a really nice shirt and I my highlights are um, brighter since the last time I was working. So I was like, I'm going to do my hair really nice. And I was clean shaven, you know, the essentials. We love that for you. Thanks. Did you How hear you? the little beep, beep? Did you hear the little beeps just in the background? I, don't I know did. If you heard that. I did. Yeah. The the robot vacuum is lost apparently in the oh. other room. So. Oh, did you bring Rosie? <laughs> uh, I brought Rupert. Oh, her her younger brother. God, younger I brother. think I like her her younger brother even more. I used to say Rupert. Rosie was the only woman I'd love that way. <laughs> Rosie is his. If you if you didn't catch this, um, Rosie was his old um, iRobot. What do you call them? Yeah, Roomba. Roomba. Yeah. Roomba. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. God, she cleaned yeah. like no other. <laughs> you really you really liked the, I, I, mean, I love her. it I mean I've already said that I'm a bit of a loser and I've been not a loser but I've been in order to feel not alone in my apartment sometimes I'll watch the live feeds of Big Brother but also yes. I will make the Roomba clean and I won't feel like I'm alone because there's another say, moving moving being in the I was going to say he apartment. also talks to Rupert yeah, I also talked to the robot. Yeah. So, I love that. anyway. I love for those that. Who didn't think I was insane. No. Now you we know now. Confirmed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's all right. Well, how are you? How has um grad school been going? I don't even know how long you've been in it at this point. I'm good. I, so I still at this point haven't started classes. Really? I, feel, I thought I've you been, would... I've been here for weeks, but I have not started classes. No, classes See, start Thursday. See, I did a whole episode with you about you know, our last episode about grad school, and I thought we were talking about classes the whole time. I'm not going to no. lie to you. No, that was just campus men stuff. That was just campus men stuff. Okay, yeah. well, it sounded stressful enough. Yeah. No, I'm really freaking nervous about starting classes, if I'm being honest. I had a moment, and it was just a moment, but I did have a moment today when I was staring at my computer screen, and I just had a sinking feeling, and I was like, oh my God, I'm starting doctorate program on Thursday um and classes are two and a half hours long which is fun but it's uh I don't know how fun that is but it's not fun but it's like long it's long it's not fun but it's long (laughs) that's hot um it's really surprised you didn't copy me on that oh Um, true (laughs) I did say that hot so like I was picking up on the innuendo but yeah yeah but I really have to figure out I forget what I shared in the last episode, but I really have to figure out how to sit still for that long because it's been a while since I've... Like, when you work, you can get up, you can go to the bathroom, you can do whatever the hell you want. Um, Right. Like, you know, no one's watching you all the time, but if you're at a lecture, it's rude to just stand up and walk around the classroom all of a sudden. So that's the biggest thing I think I need to figure out is just to, to calm myself with my fidgets or something i don't know do you have Um, fidgets i have fidgets i have an elastic band all right just on my wrist um sounds healthy it's more sort of break a habit but okay sounds healthy (laughs) yeah i mean i bounce my leg and Uh, yes yeah that's really that's really i bounce my leg and i just like move and change my positions and all that stuff switching Um, the positions for you quite different but you know i yesterday i cooked Ooh, I I made dumplings three different ways. There was a potluck with my cohort, which was fantastic. Cohort still really great. 
I think we've we've really hit it off well. Um, this apartment building I was in. Sorry, were you gonna make a joke? I was gonna say you heard it here. He and his cohorts are making dinner together. <laughs> I hope they listen to this. I love that. I'm yet to that they have not found out about the show yet. We'll let them know. I'm sure. We'll let them know. I'll wear the shirt or they'll just follow me on Instagram. It's in my bio. Perfect. But I made dumplings. The apartment building we were in was so fancy. Like so fancy. We we had an an entire like lounge rented out, but it was like the entire floor. It was huge. And it was like different. There was a kitchen in it. And then there was a just, I don't know. It was, it felt like a penthouse apartment in and of itself. It was really strange. Fancy living. Uh, It was, it was, but I made dumplings three different ways. I, I steamed some, I pan fried some and I air fried some cause I had an air fryer and I'm trying to use that more. So that's fun. It was good. I made 60 and they all went. So that was really fun. I love that. Funky and fresh. Dumplings. I love dumplings. Yeah. Dumplings are good, right? Yeah. So otherwise I'm doing well. I'm nervous about starting classes. I'm really glad though I have the campus men job to lean back on because I know Loyola, I know campus men, I know psychology and all that stuff. But he doesn't even need to be there. He knows all of it. I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. God, I'm sweating already. That's definitely what I'm saying. Uh, <laughs> it was a hundred degrees here today. Was it hot there? It wasn't quite that hot, but that's nothing compared to what I did last week. Oh gosh. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, that's how I'm feeling. How are you? You you live a much more at this point. I feel like you live a much more exciting life than I do because you're jetting off to fancy cities and all of that. Why would you share with the class? I definitely did last week, um, yeah. which is funny because you're usually the one that I feel like is going places on planes. <laughs> I went to Las Vegas, which I think the listeners yeah, know did. already, to see Lady Gaga. It was my ninth time seeing a Lady Gaga show. It was actually my second time seeing her in Vegas, so I saw the pop show Enigma in 2019 when we were friends, which is wild to think about. And then I just saw the Jazz and Piano show, which was like the other half of the residency um, that she's doing. I just saw that. I just came back from seeing that. Did they you have like a it? whole yeah. I mean, I've seen her jazz shows before, but I was like, I oh. haven't seen that specific show. Okay. So that was my third time seeing a jazz show of hers. Was the other jazz show you saw just the one in New York, or was there another one time that you saw that? I saw her and Tony Bennett on the Cheek to Cheek tour in 2015. Okay. And then I saw her and Tony Bennett in October, right when we started this show, actually, in New York City for his one last time show that they co-headlined. And then I just saw her jazz and piano residency, which has been going on since 2019, but this was my first time seeing it. It was really cool. She also just restarted it, right? She did just restart it. And she has at the Park MGM where the, or the hotel that the theater is attached to and also a casino has, it's called the House of Gaga. It's the House of Gaga Museum slash shop. And it has, you know, merch, but it also has multiple different, and we can post these on the, on our um, social media, but multiple different outfits that she's worn throughout her career, like very iconic ones. The meat dresses there preserved by, um, it actually said what company, what taxidermy company 
preserved it, but the egg that she arrived at the Grammys and it's actually called the vessel, but most people call it an egg was there and I touched it. I shouldn't have, but I did <laughs> the paparazzi outfit from the 2009 VMAs with the blood on it, the fake blood, the telephone hat from the music video, the, the cigarette glasses from the telephone music video, just like a bunch of stuff, tour outfits. And to my surprise, I didn't know this going in because this was actually the first day it was on dis- they were on display. Almost, I think, five out of seven of the Chromatica Ball outfits were there, which I was not expecting. Oh, wow. So that was really, really cool to see up in person. And and it's free to go in. They There's a donation box in the back for Born This Way Foundation, which supports, as we know, we've talked about it before, the mental health of young people. And you can also, it's funny, you can also donate your, like, slips, your cash-out slips from the casino oh, in there. Oh, that's funny. They take the money from that, too, if you, if you want to donate that. There was a note from Tony, or a note from Lady Gaga to Tony Bennett, and a and a sketch that he did of her, all behind glass. The Rain on Me music video outfit was there, which was super cool because you literally could see it, it's latex, and you could literally see like the dried water stains from the music video. Oh, that's cool. That's really cool. Yeah, like you could see all the little imperfections, like the little pulls and stuff, like the in different outfits. The like the boots for one of the outfits were quite worn. Like the telephone hat is literally falling apart. It's kind of funny, actually. You can see the tape underneath it and they have like pins in it. Yeah. Because it was really only made together. to wear for one scene of a music video. Right. Like she never wore it again. Right. Um, and now it's just on display. But they had a bunch of stuff. I'll post all of my favorites. I'm trying to think if there's any other noteworthy ones that I missed. They used to have the Super Bowl outfit there, um, but that has since been taken down. I don't know where they put it. It must be so interesting to be that famous and have a museum exhibit and just have stuff that people... I mean, I'm not as big of a fan of... I mean, I am a fan of hers, but I'm not as like big of a fan right. of hers as you are. And so, But just hearing that, it's like, oh, that's really cool that you can see that up close and in person. It's so it must so cool. be interesting to just have all that stuff somewhere when yeah. it's not in a museum. And this is like, obviously, it's like some of the most iconic stuff, but it's right. not like she has, you know, warehouses and warehouses of stuff. Like they had the Joanne hat and the Joanne World Tour wig. So that was really cool. Just a bunch of really, really cool stuff that's like cool to a Lady Gaga fan, but also just cool. It's so many like pop culture moments Yeah. in one room. They had the poker face music video outfit. I'm scrolling through my picture. Did you ever see the lobster hat that she wore once? She just wore it out. I think maybe. That was on display, which is kind of okay. funny because it was never like something that she, it wasn't like, oh, that's from the VMAs or the, the Grammys or whatever. It just like was a look that she wore on the street. Yeah. They also had her golden, this is the last thing and then I'll move on, but they had her golden globe for American Horror Story. Okay, cool. So just really cool stuff. But I went to also this was the really cool part. I went to her trumpet players show after the actual concert. And that was in a like a hotel lounge slash bar slash casino. They've known each other since they were 19. They used to or since she was 19. They used to uh, play jazz shows like before she was famous, before she was Lady Gaga, just in New York. So now he plays um, the trumpet for her in her jazz shows. And he also played for Tony Bennett when they worked together. But he does a show in the same hotel. It's called Brian Newman After Dark. And it goes from like 1130 to Three And there were rumors, especially because this was the first night back, because he does it the same nights as her, like right after he gets off stage, 
that she was going to be there because she has gone in the past. So I was like, all right, I'll buy a ticket. I was in standing. I was a pleb. So I was like at the bar. It was a really small, like intimate lounge slash. It was like a fake library, but it wasn't. Apparently the books weren't real. But so Lady Gaga posted a picture of her and her her makeup artist and her hairstylist, Freddie and Sarah on Instagram right after show the show and it was like that's a wrap and I saw on saw it on Instagram and I look up and I see Sarah in front of me and I was like oh my god like Lady Gaga's gonna be here she was not however Sarah and Freddie were there her sister Natalie was there she was literally standing at the bar I was quite literally standing like shoulder to shoulder with them at one point wow her guitar player was there her high school best friend was there. It was really cool. It was literally everybody but her. Why the, wasn't she there? I don't know. Well, it kills me because she was there on night three. I just saw it last night that she oh. was there. So I was like, I. it's okay. I'll get her next time. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't say hi to any of these people because they were all hanging out together. And I didn't want to be that person. Like, they obviously knew I was a fan. I had a shirt on. And, like, most people that were there were there, you know, because Absolutely. they had just come from the show. Right. Her manager was right behind me as well, like literally for an hour talking yeah. to, of all people, I didn't even recognize this person because they were out of character, Shangela. Wow. Because Shangela is a big Lady Gaga fan and also has, you know, connections to her team and w- has a cameo in A Star Is Born. But yeah, so she was behind me talking to Lady Gaga's manager for like a straight hour. But that was, it was just so cool. I was like, oh my God, Natalie Germanotta. Lady Gaga's sister, younger sister, yeah. is right behind me, and she's wearing a Chromatica ball hoodie, but very casually, like it just tied around her waist. Like this was not like she she's she's a lot quieter. She just seemed very cool though. Like everybody was yeah. very nice. It was just it, really wild that I'm like, okay, her manager, her sister, her high school best friend, her hairstylist, her makeup artist are all standing. Like I can reach out and touch all of them. I That's did not. That's really cool. But, That's really cool. Also. Yeah. Given the context that this morning I did a a, a training on uh, unhealthy relationships, slightly stalkerish. But no, <laughs> no, because that's the thing. Well, that's the thing. Well, I... it's just funny because it's like literally cyber stalking was one of the things that was in the training. And it's like figuring out where someone is based on their social media and stuff. And you're right. like, well, yes. where do you think the rumors were came from that she oh, might be there? Absolutely like, social media. But that's on where... social media. On the, but it, she's a celebrity. It's a little bit right. different. But just right. listening to you hear that out of context, it's like she wasn't there. But her aunt <laughs> was there and her aunt was there and her sister and her best friend from high school. I know. But she wasn't there. They're I can't come believe she me. wasn't there. She wasn't. <laughs> but she was there on day three. But I wasn't there. Like, <laughs> I know. Context. Well, there were. OK, let me. <laughs> just defend myself for a second there are fans i know that bought like three nights like went to three different jazz and piano nights like in the same week i saw them at the brian newman show and i was interested too because there were a lot of people the show lasted much longer than hers so i saw like these two like twins did you stay till three no i left like 10 minutes before everyone else because i was like she's not coming uh and i was tired i was standing you know yeah, and yeah. Brian Newman was great. Like yeah. he was, he put on a really fun show. I was entertained the whole time. Yeah. But um, I these two twinks left like an hour in, and I was like, and they were definitely there for Lady Gaga because they had like you know the merch, a bunch of merch in one bag. And I'm standing there thinking, do they know that this is Natalie behind us? Like I don't think they know. <laughs> and no one was saying anything. Everyone was very respectful. But towards the end of the show, I I was standing next to this other group of um, fans, 
uh, apparently, and they were like eyeing, like we were all kind of like making eye contact with each other, and then we kind of like broke the ice. One of them said to me, they were like, all of her people are here, like, and I was like, okay, so you guys know too, like I didn't want to blow, I didn't <laughs> tell anyone. You're on the same bandwagon. Yeah, because I didn't want to tell anybody <laughs> because I didn't want to blow up their spot. Right. I think a lot of people knew. Yeah. But yeah. we were but all we're being, being respectful. respectful. Yeah, right. exactly. And and everybody on her team was super nice to us. You know, I'm sure they get it all the time. Yeah. Like literally all the time. Yeah. Um, and th- let's face it. There's a reason why Brian does his show after hers. 100%. I mean, he's totally yeah. capitalizing off of the, One, oh, she might be there. Yeah. And like, <laughs> and good for him, honestly, because like, yeah. it was just cool. The hustler. whole thing was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's really cool. Yes. So are you but, jet lagged at all? Yeah, super. Um, and you know, walking in the hundred eight degree on the strip. Yeah. Uh, also, shout out Scott Geatons was there at the same time I was. I know. Seeing a did not know. Scott is someone Adele. who worked in campus ministry with us yes. at Loyola. Yes, and Adele said at his show. He texted me. He was like, "I thought of you because Adele said, oh, 'Oh, I'm going to Lady Gaga's show. I have to go because I wasn't able to last time.'" Um, did so you I tell just, him you were there? He he saw my Instagram story. Oh, okay, yeah. What's been going on? Give us the rundown. I don't... There, I mean, there's been a lot going on, but really all we have to update is that Heisem left, right? Last time we thought he was going home, but I don't yeah. think he had gone home yet. I don't think he had gone home either. Yeah. So we so, each have a truth or dare to do. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I would have had two. This week. Except Jag was saved by um, Matt, who I think that was a bad choice on Matt's part. To use the power. Why do you think it was a bad choice? I I, th- I thought it was a bad choice too because I don't think... My reasoning is because I don't think his reasoning was very strong. It was more so, oh, he'll owe me. And right. it seems like they're close. Maybe there's more that we haven't seen that their relationship is closer than, than we might actually see because they were in and the handful together. But right. like... What's your what's your reason? Because he could have used it this week or next week, right? In the in two in the next two weeks, he could have used it. Yes. Okay. So, what's your reasoning? My reasoning is just that the whole point of this game is to go as far as you can and hopefully win, you know, and take home the prize money. But in using this on someone that wasn't himself, like if this was a use it or lose it type thing, I would see it a little bit more. But yeah. he had an extra week and he was safe from the block. So not only did he waste it I'll say on somebody that wasn't him when he could have potentially been nominated this week Mm -hmm. he also made it so that no one goes home so if he were to go home this week I'm not saying you know he's nominated or whatever but if he were to go home this week that power essentially put him on the block and made him go home right before Jag you know what I mean like it's it's honestly like he had Let's just, I don't know what place it would be, but he had 13th place secured by not being on the block and by saving Jag, he could end up putting himself in 14th. Right. Because Jag would have gone home and had 14th place. I don't know if it was 14th or 13th or 12th or whatever, but that's just my reasoning. He had an extra week of guaranteed safety and he threw it away for someone else. That's my only reasoning. But what 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 are you thinking? No, I I mean, I kind of said it, but I also, I agree I don't I don't know. I just anything could happen. I don't think that there's a big enough target on his back. I will say a consequence of him using it 
is that he could put a target on his back because yes. if someone realizes, oh my God, like especially Cameron, because Cameron was head of household last week, put Jag and Blue on the block, read read his his final two, put run, won the veto, kept the kept the nominations the same, and then basically in Cameron's words in a diary thing that he did last week just was nothing it didn't count and I think right. that if he finds out and maybe other people if they find out that he used it might be like hmm can we trust him can we not trust him why did he use it on Jag and I know understand that like him and Suri were discussing Matt and Suri were discussing you should use it this week to save Jag because Jag also had the opportunity to potentially win the power. So then it might provide a veil of secrecy of who used it. But it seemed in Sunday's episode, this past week's episode, that things, people were already figuring out who used it anyway. So I don't know. I right. just think it's it's it, it ca- it's going to cause him, it potentially could cause him more trouble than it was worth. Yeah, I think so too. And also, like I think Sari had a, better argument for like wanting it to be used because it wasn't her power you know what I mean like she gets to keep an ally and Matt kind of does her dirty work again people are going to Sari trusting her to be yeah. like what should I do and think that like oh Sari and I are the final we're, two when like we're, Matt we're tight. Yeah. has no clue that Jared as Stay of right now Jared what yeah no he's not yeah he's not intelligent um <laughs> When it comes to playing the game, he's just he like, angers me so I know. much. I get and now he's head of household. I'm like, what the? F-? He's such yeah. an idiot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's 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 tainting the good name of Suri. <laughs> I don't know what her last name is. Fields. The Suri. The Fields name. The good name. The good the Fields good, name. The good Fields name. Oh, I don't know. He's we'll just see. dumb. He's just dumb. Jury starts somewhat soon. I think we only have two more evictions. This I one included. I don't even fully know what that means. I know that that means that you, those people then get to vote vote on for the, the winner too. Vote for the winner. But yeah. I don't know if that means anything more than that. But think about how we did it. We started with the first person evicted went to the jury house. It's essentially that. There's a second house and they're sequestered. They don't get to watch the show. They only. They don't have, like, their phones or anything. They stay in that house for the rest of the season. And they the only information they get is from the, you know, the next evicted house guest. And they do get it. The next evicted house guest does bring a DVD that shows the competition and the eviction. But it doesn't show the votes. It doesn't show anything like that. No diary rooms. So they okay. really are so a they jury. Get and they get some information, but it's yes. not... Yeah, they get okay. all the like objective public information that's and, public and to the rest of the of house. Mouth yes, and stuff. word of mouth, yeah. and they deliberate. It's a jury house. They like sit around and talk about it, and they just you know so they sometimes showmances. Does it need to be unanimous? No. Oh okay. no, ours wasn't. It was five to four. Right, right. Well, I wasn't sure if you said they have to deliberate and then usually they well they can talk about verdict, it, but they don't yeah. have to come to a unanimous verdict. No, no. no okay. There's nine jury members, so it'll never be a tie. But, that's but yeah, the we big each have one update. truth. Yeah, yeah, one truth or dare each so yep. far. Yep. You and should have it, gone down another. But I know. I know. Dang. Now. I know. Cameron I'm, and Red are on the block and they're both on my team. So. Yes. Although, are, <sighs> have you seen anything? On the feeds? On the feeds, on. And I haven't been keeping up with the feeds as much as I. I, I mean, I don't either, as weeks. you know. I have only seen the Sunday episode. 
we're um it's interesting i don't have have x or twitter whatever well it's 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 certainly very interesting i think this is gonna be a good tv week Two Anyways. hops this time. Two, mm-hmm. two. Dare I say three hops this time? <laughs> um, I wanted to talk about the idea of doing your best and what it means to give yourself grace to truly fail, which is something that I don't know if we. I'll speak for myself. I don't know if I practice or have really ever practiced up until now, and I think it's probably something that's very difficult for just a lot of humans or humans, you know, as a general race. Yeah. To do. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you what I mean by that. But basically, I've been reflecting and I I took a bunch of notes before this episode. So before I when I was like really really suffering with like perfectionism and I cannot make a mistake and I cannot get a grade that's lower than an A and I cannot, you know, fail. That was, you know, it was a debilitating thought that it was possible to the point that I just kind of shut it out. Now I've kind of come to the, well, did you do your best? Was it good enough? When I miss the mark, though, nowadays I tend to justify it in my own mind. And that's the only way I'm able to move forward. And I feel like that sounds like I'm, you know, making excuses for myself, but the word excuse kind of has, and tell me if you're following me or if I sound like I'm crazy. The word excuse kind of has like a negative um, connotation. But when you ju- when I say justify, the excuse could be legitimate. But I'm trying to get to a point in my life where I don't need the excuse, be it legitimate or not, to move forward. I'm trying to practice that sitting with the, no, I missed the mark. Or, you know... I was mean or I said sure. something inappropriate or I didn't study hard enough and that just being okay mm-hmm. and moving on. So for I just want to ask your opinion first. Like do you find yourself like I know you're also somebody you've you've said it on the show before hold yourself to very high standards. Um and I think that's very common for people but do you resonate with anything I'm saying? Do you have any thoughts or comments? Yeah, no, I totally do. I think for myself in the short term when I mess up or make a mistake or or, uh, use your phrasing, truly fail, um, I'm very hard on myself in the moment, Mm -hmm. like I said. Um, However, I find that as the long term kind of the further away, the more distance I get from that moment, I find that I'm able to give myself much more grace later on. And it's very interesting that you bring this up because in my program orientations that happened last week, the word that continuously comes up in every single session is feedback. We're going to give you feedback. You're going to get feedback. Mm. You're going to get feedback. A lot of red pen. You're going to get feedback. We want feedback on how we're giving feedback. So something that's been in my mind is how am I when I receive feedback? Mm in preparation for all the feedback that supposedly I'm about to get in my program. And one of the things that I've thought about, and maybe I'm going to tell my supervisor either in the clinical setting and and maybe even my, my academics advisor is I think one of the best ways that I receive feedback 
it doesn't really matter if it's in writing or if it's in person, but I can't receive feedback immediately. I need to process what has happened, whether it be a session with a client or whether it be, you know, a paper that I'm giving to you. Like I am not someone who can, if, if the feedback's in writing, I need to read it over, process it, and then I'm able to discuss it. If the feedback is in person, talked out, then I think I just need some distance, not a lot of distance, but some time away from whatever event or whatever thing you're giving me feedback on, and then I can I can take it as constructive criticism versus internalizing it as a personal attack on me, <laughs> if right. that makes sense. And that's very hard for a yeah. lot of people, yeah. um, especially if it's something you put time and effort in. And that's, a, I think, a whole another subsect of this conversation is like sometimes you do really put in your best effort and try your absolute hardest. And that's why I'm what I mean by like justification may be legitimate and, and correct. I'm not saying it's not. I'm just saying I'm trying to work to get to a point where I don't need that in order to move on. And the justification that I mean would look something like this. I wrote a couple of examples down. So while I was going through a difficult time or I was super busy at at the time Mm -hmm. or I didn't know better at the time, those are all, you know, valid. I don't like the word excuses. They are excuses, but excuses can be, you know, legitimate. But they're justifications, all, putting things in context. Yes, they're all valid. Those ones that I gave, or maybe they're not. Sometimes, you know, they're not true, but we don't even need to get into, you know, when it's true, when it's not. I'm trying to move towards a place where I just say, or can say, because again, we're not trying to like beat ourselves up either. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I failed. I suck. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just trying to get to a point where I say, you know, oh, I missed the mark there, or I, yeah, that was mean. I I did something wrong. Yeah. And then what's the next step? Because usually I find that when I do that, the automatic response is just feeling a lot of guilt, feeling a lot of shame. Mm -hmm. I am bad. I'm, you know, we can talk about, like, there are many different conversations. versus that was a bad moment. Right, and there's, Brene Brown talks a ton about that and the difference between guilt and shame. But I'm not even trying to get so much into that. I'm just trying to think like, okay, what's next when you say I made a mistake or I didn't study? It doesn't have to be like a moral mistake either. I didn't study hard enough. Or I don't even like that word because that's kind of like a should. I could have studied more, Mm -hmm. period. Mm -hmm. Where do you go from there? Because I think my fear in doing that and maybe a lot of our subconscious fears is that you're gonna start slacking and be okay with you know whatever it is that you did you know like oh I you know I'm be okay with oh I'm I'm not a nice person or I'm not a good student or I'm you know it's okay to get bad grades and I'm just gonna continue getting bad grades like I think a lot of times we beat and this is not my own original thought I've heard um I've listened to talks on this on YouTube but I think a lot of times like beating ourselves up is a you know self-preservation mechanism and also a in the way that it's like, oh, don't do this again. Mm-hmm. Like, it's kind of taking control of the situation and making sure we don't do it again. But I think in saying like, oh, or being able to say, I'm not saying this is something we need to do every time because that's even sounds kind of harsh. But in being able to say like, oh, I messed up there. What now? 
I think your job is not to beat yourself up, but to say, okay, now my job is to be extra self-compassionate to myself and 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 preserve myself in that way instead of trying to say well you know you were going through this time and this and this and this in order to accept it accept it and then say okay I'm going to treat myself extra well I'm going to make sure that this and, and learn from it and make sure it doesn't ha- doesn't happen again I think that's a stronger step towards accountability than the opposite which is what I you know d- yeah, just, just described accepting, accepting making the excuse and then Right, right. I, th- I don't I th- think you need to make the excuse. And again, sometimes they're valid, but do you really need it? Because the fact of the matter is, even if you were going through a hard time, it still happened. Right. So being able to say, I accept it, and now my job, you it, honestly, this next part, the part I call the job, is honestly a form of like preoccupation, making sure you're, it's, it's re-channeling that negative energy of, oh, I'm bad, I'm bad, I'm going to beat myself up, and no, I'm going to treat myself well and make sure I don't do this again. Yeah, because I get I get what you're saying. I guess what I will push back on a little bit, and from from my perspective, is I do think that context, the context of which you make a mistake, can can also be important too. Like I feel like that's an important piece in being like, oh, I'm a mm-hmm. bad person. Okay, no, you're not a bad person, but you had a shitty day at work. You right. didn't eat lunch, breakfast, and it was getting close to dinner time, and you had i don't know bills were coming due right so so you you snapped at somebody Mm -hmm. and that's that's why you react that way even typically if not i think context is definitely important absolutely i I do know what you're saying though in terms of like and correct me if i'm wrong i'm trying to summarize kind of what you said taking that and being you're saying being kind to yourself for as in like accepting that you're you're like kind of what we've talked about in the perfection episode but i don't want to move into that conversation but basically accepting that mistakes happen or yeah mistakes happen they're going to happen Mm -hmm. sometimes one of the only things that you can do is is move forward and so you that you get it you get a decision to make there how are you going to move forward are you going to be self-compassionate or are you going to shame or guilt yourself for the thing that happened is that what you're saying yes and i want to just be clear too like context is important i'm not saying it's not in like whatever i know i said like regardless of the context it still happened i know i did say that but i'm trying to work on just myself and this is some this is not a complete thought this is an ongoing journey this is not something that i came up with myself or you know it's just something that i've been thinking about mm-hmm. it's not about neglecting the context i'm just saying to be able to not need that context to an, to just be able to accept i made a mistake mm-hmm. and then treat yourself you know with the compassion yeah. that you would treat somebody else with yeah. it helps me I feel like it strengthens the muscle of being able to take accountability for something. Yeah. And then, like I said, like the the, the context doesn't have to go away and it's not going to go away. Context is just like, if you think about it, it's just like the events that happened around around the main event that you're that you're looking at. Right. I just think I sometimes rely too much on accountability. Like, oh, well, did I do my best? Because what I then like 
you know, that did you do your best? Well, then it's okay. Like the, well, then it's okay. Well, what if you didn't like that's, that's when the what ifs come into play. And that's how I got on this in the first place. Like back when I was like in school and I'd be like, oh, I didn't do well on that test or I don't think I did well. Like I think I got like an 80 or whatever, like in an 80 is fine. That's not a bad grade. But just like when I was really, really hard on myself, my mom would say, did you, did you try your best? And I couldn't answer that question ever. Cause you can always try a little harder. And that's where you start to, that's where I get lost in that struggle. So that's what I mean by not needing that context yeah. of, well, cause like when somebody says, well, think about like you were doing this, like I can always do the what if or the, but yeah. I can always, but you. I th- <laughs> you can always butt me. No, I am serious. I'm not trying to be like funny, but you know I can well, always yeah. add that if just what you said was inherently funny. It was. Um, yeah, thank you. Thank you. Um, I, I have a podcast. Touch- I do you. I think what you're touching on is resiliency. It's basically yeah. saying whatever context, no matter what the context is, it's how do you bounce back. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what resiliency is. And it's funny that you bring this up because I don't know if I've said this on the show before or even just said this to you privately, but like one of the things that I've oh, that I've been saying a lot recently, if someone is to ask me, oh, what's your favorite quality about yourself? I always say my resiliency because I look back at some of the things that like I've gone through, you know, and we're not going to play the comparative suffering game and listener do not play the comparative suffering game. I'm just saying in my own personal life, the lows that I've, I've encountered being like looking back and being like, wow, okay. I I've was, have been able to bounce back and look where I am now. Of course. I think that's, I think that's kind of like what you're touching on, right? It's like mm-hmm. your ability to, and, and that hap- that even being resilient from something is not even, there's no perfect way in doing that either. I don't even think I did it perfectly each time, but it's just the ma- it's Who, just the there's fact no that such I thing. Did. Yes, right. Exactly. It's just the fact that I did that. I did bounce back. That I chose to bounce back. That I, I don't know. It's admirable. Been, been resilient. It's absolutely like yeah. you can you can just listen to the episodes that you you know anybody that has listened to an episode of this show or like listened to the show could can acknowledge that about yeah. you. But oh well, that was kind. Thank you. I didn't no, but I'm, I'm serious. <laughs> like you don't. <laughs> well, yeah. Someone doesn't simply, you know, to put it bluntly, think they're dying and then just like walk away the next day. You know what I mean? That takes mm-hmm. a lot. Like that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that's just one example. Yeah. That I can think of when I think yeah. of like events in your life. But there, are, I'm sure you could. I mean, not I'm sure. I know I'm sure you everyone, could think of more because yeah, you're think of you're your own. You know. Yeah, yeah. with yourself 24 7 and yeah <laughs> your experience is your experience i mean i'm sure you could you can pinpoint some events too in your oh, life where you're yeah like, no i'm thinking of some now i mean i think yeah. about you know, again this is not me trying to i think you just said this in a different way like you're not trying to like toot your own horn but it's like wow i really you know in the middle of a pandemic chose to get help for something went into a hospital for it and am doing like, I never really gave myself credit for that. Like, and I'm not even able to do it really right now. But there was a couple of days ago where I was like, wow, that actually took like a lot of strength. Mm-hmm. And I don't even necessarily, not that I don't believe it now. I know that to be true, but I don't feel it as much. Like, I just had a moment of like, wow. Yeah. Yeah. That was really, really, you know. Yeah. I'm proud of myself for taking exactly, doing that. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's a cool feeling when you, when you can, can, when you can like really feel that and reflect on it. Yeah.
Yeah, no, my whole point of this conversation was just like the, I think there's a strength in just saying, you know, being able to leave it at, I messed up. Mm -hmm. Or I missed, not even necessarily messed up because like you could, again, you could study for however many hours and then still do poorly. It's just, oh, I didn't study as much as I should have or, Mm -hmm. or could have. I won't say should have because I don't like that. And it's just something that, again, it's, it's, it's a tool. It's not something that I, again, I just want to like reiterate for like the fourth time. I'm not saying let's get rid of the context because context, not to use the word, but contextualizes things, puts things into perspective. But I I think there's different, there's different, there's different parts to what you're saying. And I feel like the context is important to, um, it's like when you're, when you have to accept that what happened happened, whatever that may be. Right. And it's and, always going to be there. It's always important. you have to take important. the context. Right. And you have to take the context. It's, it's, it's a dangerous game to play if you just isolate one action or one decision. Well, or there's one that too. In action yeah. without the context. And I think that's, I totally think that's what you're saying. And so we're talking about that. But then really this greater conversation is taking the context, taking the action, taking the inaction, taking the choice, whatever it may be. How do you move forward? Do you right. share, give yourself grace? Mm-hmm. Do you share some resiliency with yourself? Mm-hmm. Or do you guilt yourself, shame yourself? Or, you know, it, basically you get a decision. And I right. think that's what you're talking about is um, how, how do we move on from things that right. maybe went a way that we didn't want them to go? And, and it looks different for everyone, too. I'm just offering one tool yeah. that, like, if you can look at it without, if you can, you know, accept it without the context, once you add the context, it's going to be even a little bit easier, too, right? Like, mm-hmm. I, so that's that's kind of what I'm just, I've been playing around with and thinking about recently. And I actually say it from a place of feeling, you know, pretty comfortable. Like, I'm not, yeah. like, this wasn't like I was going through a rough patch and then I thought, okay, this, yeah. you know? Yeah. Like I right now I'm 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 feeling pretty, you know, secure, I guess. Which doesn't always happen, so. I think it's a very relevant conversation to have, especially I'm as I'm reflecting on it. And I didn't know the topic by the way going into yeah, this episode. Yeah. That was the other thing. Um, but I think it's very relevant at least for me when I was thinking about it because we're talking about context, but also you saying like not having to need the context and still being able to show yourself grace is a skill too. Yes. Um, that's, that's a good way of putting it. Yeah. Um, I feel like in my orientation type of things, there have been people who have said, um, tr- tr- like trust the process. And, mm-hmm. and as a perfectionist, they're teaching us to become clinicians. Right. Mm -hmm. And so they are, I am going to be in the Loyola clinical centers interacting with real clients. And in the first year I'm only doing intake. So I'm getting information for the second years to then do an assessment and do therapy, but I'm still interacting with people and having a conversation. And so a lot of the fears that I think our, or our, my cohort is, is experiencing are, are we (laughs) going especially those who don't have clini- any like clinical experience prior, I'm afraid to f- up this person more than they might already be. <laughs> and so, um, and um, that's not to say that people who come in are, are obviously f- up, but I'm saying, I'm saying that we don't want to cause more harm. 
And so I think that's going to be a skill that I'm going to have to to practice when I'm in this program because there are going to be multiple moments where I think, oh, it's, it's screw up, but it, I, I did something wrong. But in the moment, I can't start right. guilting myself. I can't right. start shaming no. myself because I'm still in session with somebody who's coming here for assistance, right, for help. And so I think it's a very relevant conversation to have, at least for me, as I as I've been participating in this conversation because. I'm I'm going to need to to learn that that quick uh, forgiveness of myself. If yeah, you and that. also professional mental health specialists do not get it right 100 percent of the time. No, not one. So there's that too. And I just want to my final even licensed th- people. That's what I, I mean, mean. I'm not even licensed. I'm training to be licensed, but like that's what I mean. You know, yeah, yeah, my therapist absolutely. would say. I don't want to put words in his mouth, but he would say that, like, not everything he says is, the you know what I mean, is going to be right every single time, like, he says something. That's just unrealistic. Yeah. But my last, the last thing I do want to say is just, I, I also don't want to, like, I don't want to make it sound like I'm encouraging, like, oh, just, you know, let it, you know, make a, make a bad decision and then just whatever. Because... I think that's the fear is that when you let yourself give yourself that grace that you're going to continue, you know, failing gateway drug. Yeah. Well, but there have been studies on this when it actually shows the studies show the opposite, that when you do show yourself that compassion and that grace, um, you're able to, you know, better move through it. And then um, it like becomes an opportunity for growth type of opportunity for growth. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Happy episode 80, by the way. Are we at 80? We are at 80. That's fun. Holy yes. crap. 20 more episodes till 100. Yes. Are we even going to get that this year? Probably no. not, right? Not no. this year, no. Next year. Darn, yep. 2024. Yep. Stay tuned. Um, Did he just prematurely announce our fourth year of Point of View? <laughs> he did. Um, We love Even that, though. I haven't started classes. No, yeah. I'm just I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> no, don't do it I'm to kidding. me. Don't do it to me. <laughs> I'm going to have to start holding auditions for a new host if that's the case. Just, just of my family. Yeah, literally. All it has dudes. to be a do. <laughs> I'm like, so why do you want to be on point of do? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was fun. By the way, I didn't do this in the beginning, but shout out to Yin and Yer. They were here this weekend. Boom, 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 boom. Boom, 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 boom. Yer is running as he listens Yer is running. Yeah, he said he's got caught up. I love that. What yeah. a, I thank you, yeah. That actually means so much to us. <laughs> anyway, I don't know if he listened to the bonus episode though. He right. said he listened to the five second rule episode and Milo's episode, and I think there were a few in between there too. But honestly, legend. I'm not yeah. even joking. <laughs> like legend. Yeah, my grandparents. Shout out to them. So slay. And with that, my name is Nick Gervasi, and I'm Justin Dew. You can reach us at our email, pointofdewpodcast at gmail.com and on our socials, Instagram, Facebook, Threads, and TikTok at Point of Do Podcast, and Twitter at Point of Do. If you enjoy our show, make sure to follow the podcast and give us a rating or review wherever you get your podcasts or share us with a friend or family member. We really appreciate it and are truly grateful for your support. As always, we hope you have a great two weeks. Thank you for listening. And until next time, H. We are so in sync with that. Keep it